8.16, and when millions of people took to the streets in central Seoul for the candlelight revolution of late 2016 that uh, continued into 2017 with the ultimate impeachment and then ousting of ex-president Park Geun-hye, we saw older generations also take to the streets. I mean, it was a multi-generational com- well, conflict, I suppose you could say, I mean, because there were also other members of an older generation who were leading counter-protests. But those who were on the side of the protest were reminded of the 1960 April 19th revolution, which brought an end to President Lee Seung-man's 12-year rule. Dr. George Katsiafikas is a visiting professor at Chanam National University and has authored a book on South Korean social movements in the 20th century and joins us on the line for further discussion. Good morning to you. Good morning. Perhaps you can start by drawing these comparisons. How far does the analogy work, you know, going from the 1960 revolution to what we saw with the candlelight vigils and the peaceful protests of 2016 into last year? Well, first of all, I think that the very fact that hundreds of thousands of people went into the streets to challenge the arrogant authority of presidents in South Korea and overthrew regimes based on personal power is tremendously similar and significant. But we must see the great progress that Korea has made because in 1960, at least 186 people were killed in the protests, not because they were violent, but because violence was used to suppress peaceful marches. And this is a huge difference that shows great progress that South Korea has made. And it shows that the people will not simply stand by while unjust authority is used against them. So we'd seen the division of the Koreas, we'd seen the Korean War, we'd seen Ri Sung-man who had U.S. backing. What went wrong? What led to this April 19th revolution? Can you just give us a brief idea of background events, especially for those who might not be aware of the history? Yes. Well, as soon as the election results became publicly released. Ri was said to have won, Ri and his party were said to have won more than 90% of the vote, which to people just seemed incredibly wrong. There was a, a way in which the results were clearly stacked and uh, ballot boxes stuffed. So in Masan, in uh, you know, southern South Korea, people immediately went into the streets and instead of being able to march peacefully, 12 people were killed and over 200 were wounded on the evening of March 15th when the results were first announced. And this totally contradicted the notion that South Korea was a democracy, that South Korea was a place where people had rights, and it led to a continuing spiral of protest and repression that culminates on April 19th. Uh, In Seoul, more than 100 people were killed in that city alone on April 19th, and uh, 1,000 
wounded Bloody Tuesday, as it became known. The army did not open fire. It was police and, let's say, security guards of Rhee's anti-communist group. You, you say anti-communist. There, there was uh, certainly a feeling of paranoia in several countries, including among certain people here in South Korea, about communism, given what was happening in North Korea. What, what would an opposition or, or an alternative leader have looked like if um, we hadn't seen this suspe- suspicious rise to power of Rhee Sung-man? Well, I think it was very clear when the government of Pyongyang took power after we left the country that it was a multi-party affair in which young people, students in particular, were directing traffic, where the police had to be withdrawn, where the power of the people was really what uh, existed as the authority in society. Uh, Just to make clear what I said earlier, the, the group that we used to suppress the protest uh, was called the Anti-Communist Youth League, uh, somewhat of a misnomer because many of the people were not youth, but it was an organization which had, uh, you know, a building headquarters, which was one of the uh, buildings that was targeted once the violence broke loose uh, from the police and this Anti-Communist Youth League. In fact, Their headquarters was destroyed by protesters, unarmed protesters, who simply went in, many of them killed, but went in and destroyed that building. But then we see in 1961 the military coup carried out by Park Chung-hee, and he was able to then rule the country, as many people view it, with an iron fist for 18 years before being assassinated. That's right. And and I just Absolutely wonder right. if you could explain for us how that happened. If if you've got this popular rising, you've got power going to the hands of of young people, but also older supporters. What 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 went on well, then to to not ultimately destroy the legacy of that revolution, but to undermine it for the best part of two decades? First of all, we we must remember who Park Chung Hee was. He had worked for the Japanese Army during World War II. His life was saved by the United States government uh, during the uh, tumultuous events of 1948 and the uh, Yosu-Sun-Chun insurrection against Sigmund Rhee. Park had been arrested. He was one of the leaders of the uprising, and uh, the U.S. had saved his life. Now, I had... uh, done a Freedom of Information Act about his rise to power and uh, confirmed that the United States had advanced knowledge of Park Chung-hee's coup d'etat. And uh, clearly he had American backing for his efforts. In fact, what the United States wanted from South Korea, which the insurgent government was not providing, was a peace treaty with Japan and an anti-communist framework. The, insert, the democratic government that emerged after Rhee was overthrown wanted to move toward reunification. And Park's coup happened a few days before thousands of students were due to converge at the demilitarized zone and meet their North Korean counterparts to talk about unifying the country. 
So there was definitely a grassroots impetus to end the division of the country, something which uh, should have been done a long time before and something which the U.S. opposed in those days. So I think it's fair to say that without U.S. support, Park Chung-hee could not have lasted. Mm. And in fact, it was uh, thought by many people to be the case that Park was put in power by the United States uh, in 1961. It certainly goes some way to explaining the the mixed legacy of the United States, why there are mixed feelings today, even if there are very good reasons to uphold and and support that alliance. Um, Finally, if you can sum up, because we are just about out of time, is this now in our DNA, this April Revolution in 1960? Well, you know, the thing is that the international repercussions of 1960 were enormous. Many people think of it only as a Korean affair. But, for instance, in Turkey, it led to a very strong student movement fighting against the dictatorship there. But even in the United States, uh, Tom Hayden, one of the leaders of Students for Democratic Society, uh, came to Kwangju for one of the conferences when I was teaching there, and he said that uh, the movement in Korea opened his eyes to the reality of the Cold War. Really fascinating. Dr. Katsiafikas, we've got to leave it there, but thank you very much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank Dis- you. Discussing the April 19th revolution.